welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet, most likely, or anywhere. I'm your host, Megan. And I am your host, Joe. And we're here today to talk about episode 702, entitled The Happiest Place on Earth. That's right. Written by Tony Graffia. You love Tony Graffia. So we've got a heavy hitter right yeah. in for this, this is, episode. This is, this is your big dog. <laughs> Um, and I think it shows. I will just say that. I feel like for this podcast, we are going to be back to our old dynamic because overall, I thought this was a very strong episode of Outlander. This is the kind of thing I've been waiting for. Right. I mean, here's what I will say going into this podcast. Um, one of my largest complaints over the last few years of Outlander, and I mean, I know there's been a few, um, is that nothing happens. Mm -hmm. And for sure shit, stuff happens in this episode. Stuff happens. A lot of stuff. Like, uh, they bang out a lot of stuff. Yeah. So You can tell the pace is like this They're now, like, right? we like, gotta get like, through some stuff. <laughs> we need to, we wasted a lot of time doing a lot of stupid stuff. And now, why spread it out over a bunch of episodes last season? Let's bang it all out in like a hot 45. Yeah. 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 So there's a cold open. And it's Claire's voiceover, and we get hit with a lot of information. Tom Christie is dead. Yeah. Joe, like, you said, that's it? Yeah, we, we don't even get to see him die? To care of Tom. Yeah. And then this, I mean, this cold open is a quick way to finish up the last season. You know, it's this gross monologue by Alan Christie. There's some gross rape flashbacks, and then uh, a murder flashback. Yeah, I actually thought Alan Christie, the Alan Christie actor, was really, like, if this was his send-off, which, spoilers, it was... Um, I thought he did a really good job. Like, they wasted him last season. Like, he actually seemed like a pretty good... Oh, this is a good actor, for yeah, sure. Yeah, he was a good actor. The scene was good. There was, like, this, like, massive exposition dump, but it was told... But he, he did a really good job. Like, I, I picked up was he what he was putting down. Like, it was... Uh, and we had those flashbacks, and I'm like, did that... Did yeah. the actress, Jessica Reynolds, who played Malva, come back for this... For these awful scenes of getting raped and then murdered, or did they shoot it last season and I would, just show it? Well, and remember, like a lot of it was carryover, right? So I assume they just shot it at the time, right? So, anyways, he, I, I, I did not like this scene. I, yes, he did a great job, and Katrina Balfe is always good. It was just very melodramatic and very fast, and then Arrow in the back, then just Youngian cold murders him. When, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He is a murderess. So within six minutes of the opening of this episode, the Christie storyline is completed. Completely after over. spending countless hours. Almost all of last season. All last season just dragging the shit out of it. Seven hot minutes, did you Six. Say? Six minutes, done. Tom Christie, done. dead. Ellen yes. Christie, dead. Malva Christie, dead. Baby, baby ba Christie. Yeah. Sadly, dead. DB, as you DB, call it. yeah. I can't even say it. No, so. you can't. DB uh, does stand for dead baby, yeah. though, and you're very sensitive about very. that. As, you as, can watch as all should be. All but should be, but it's opinion. just for me. I find it funny because you have high tolerance for disturbing stuff. You can watch a lot of very upsetting storylines, but if there is some sort of DB storyline, you just no. have to you leave the room. Like clicking you, that off. No, you, no, yeah. little kids, small children, or babies. Peace out. No, not have, you. You can't as they handle say, it. Ain't nobody got time for that. So, so there is something I want to point out, and maybe I'll post it on our Loinlander podcast group. Oh, I don't know if anyone else noticed, but within this six-minute opening, when Claire and Alan Christie are talking to each other, her hair is barely touching her shoulders, oh my God. and then a mere. I don't know, what could it be, five minutes later? However long it took her and Ian to drag him into the forest, her hair is very long yeah well like, and it's already grown an obscene amount from from when from the last episode which is fine right that just shows time has passed right. since she was um you know discharged of being a murderess, murderess. Yeah. and tom christie has passed away and like i didn't mind that her hair had right. grown to sort of the length that it was when we were first introduced to claire in season one however when she went into the magical when hair she went forest, into yeah, the forest her hair is very very long suddenly i just want to pause really quick before i move on to the next thing mm -hmm. um we skipped over the or have we done sing me a song yet has that happened it not has. yet nope oh, okay it well, doesn't happen until miss bug comes up right jamie or not jamie sorry 
Ian and Claire are digging a hole to bury Alan. Alan. And where's Jamie? They're like, hurry before anyone comes. It's like, is he? Where is he, guys? Yeah. Like, is he... Maybe get your nine-foot husband to drive the dead corpse through the forest. I know. I'm pretty yeah. sure he would help He'll out here. He'll be supportive. And there was no mention, like, not even a line of, oh, unfortunately, Uncle Jamie's still in right. Wilmington. Otherwise, he would help. It's just, he's busy, guys. Like, I think he's... after the previous murder charge, maybe they were just like, let's let's deal with this right now. Maybe he was getting snacked. Maybe he was in town. Who I knows? don't know. I, d- I did think it was weird that he wasn't even mentioned. Me too, but uh, it's... Like, they're burying a body and Mrs. Bug comes to help? Where's I, Jamie? I mean, I'm just going to say out of all the things that are implausible in this show, that one is, like, acceptable to You me. don't mind that one? No, okay. it doesn't rank that high. Okay, then we have the credits. Right. And um, I just want to say that um, a, a bunch of people wrote to us and mm-hmm. let us know that this is, in fact, Sinead O'Connor. I know. Uh, which I would never have guessed. My only, I will admit that my only Sinead O'Connor experience is her cover of the Prince song, uh, Nothing Compares, Nothing to, compares you. to You, which is uh, one of my all-time favorite songs. I love that song so much. I would not have guessed that this was her, although it's been a while. Um, I still don't really understand the significance of it, except that I guess if Sinead O'Connor wants to sing your theme song, you probably just are like, cool, let's do it. I so, think she's been through a lot. She's a strong, older woman. She's I, also Irish. I know that Katrina Balfe has. Yeah. Um, I read an interview that said that when Sinead O'Connor sang the song, it brought Katrina Balfe to tears because oh, it was so powerful. Beautiful. So I think she had a lot to do with this as well. That makes a lot of sense. I'm just saying like within the context, like a lot of times when they've shifted the song, there's been some sort of context. And I don't think there was necessarily that I know of a, a contextual purpose mm-hmm. here it's mm-hmm. more just like she wants to sing the song let's do it which is totally fine it's mm-hmm. their damn show yeah so yeah yeah so credits end opening scene it's like an entire entirely new show forget about the cold no, open that is it's over. over it's a brand new show and it starts with a brand new baby brianna is in labor yeah gone from being not barely pregnant not visibly pregnant at all to now we're pumping it out she was a little bit visibly pregnant like in the last episode because remember when she sat down i'm like you can't sit like that as a pregnant person just just so you know uh loinies if you hear this i'm rumming it out right now i gotta i gotta have some rum for this one so so you're gonna hear that's me taking a drink every time make it a game on your end too so the labor scene you didn't like that jamie was in the room i mean i just felt it was kind of weird like he was over her shoulder the whole family was there he was supporting her I mean, whatever, good for him, but I just feel like, you know, even in the 50s or 60s or 70s or probably even the 80s, maybe even hell, the 90s, like, traditionally the dad would just, like, go pace in the waiting room or not even be yeah, there. Yeah, they're like, in the middle of a ridge. I, uh, a fridge, it's a fridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, I, it just seemed weird that, like, the whole damn gang would be there. Mm-hmm. Like, at least Fergus didn't have to suck anything out, like, I, but... I thought it was nice. Sure. So, then they name her Amanda. Amanda Claire Hope McKenzie. Yeah. And we learn that that's her full name because uh, Lizzie reads it in the paper because Fergus has published a notice. Mm. So she reads it. They're so happy. And um, Brianna's like, where is where is Amanda? Or and, Fergus. And Claire, well, you know where Fergus no, is. No, I know, but I wonder if we're going to see them this year at I all. I mean, I hope so. I hope so. I, I hope mean, so. They could use... Considering what happens, we're going to need some cast. Yeah. <laughs> um... And Claire says she's with her granddad. And this is good storytelling, people. They're establishing that Jamie has a relationship with this baby. This baby is important to him. He is excited. He takes her to the stables. He introduces her to the little, what is it, like foal? Foal. Foal, is that what we call baby horses? And um, it's just, it's a really sweet scene. It felt really forced to me. Oh, did it? Really I forced. Really liked they, like it. it makes sense with what happened. How they were like, they showed these like long shots of like Claire doting on the baby, and then well, this whole yeah, the scene, next scene is like, Claire's with the baby, and you're like, what's going on with yeah, the baby? Like, Why yeah. are they showing everyone with the baby? And then Claire notices her blue fingernails. Right. And so it's like this was in you know looking back on how the episode ends, like they they needed to like really rush the whole we love the baby thing. To add weight to it, which yeah, is like to, fine, but like it, they, it just, it, yeah, it, they, they had to cram in. They were this smashing is, over your, over your head, which this is fine. family. This to. is important. Look at the life that they all mm-hmm. could have had together. Yeah. What the plan was, and then of course, Claire listens to Amanda's chest and or Mandy. They call her Mandy, and she hears 
blood rushing or but also something. like time has passed this isn't just like the next day i think i think she's maybe like a month old or something yeah. right because like when, they're doing some jumps like just jump jump yeah. jump well when claire breaks the news to the family both brianna and roger acknowledge that they've they knew something was kind of going yeah. on they didn't think it was a big deal but i will say brace yourself mm. I don't think Sophie Skelton did a bad job. The <gasps> gasp! What? I don't think she did. Wow. I don't think she did a bad job. It wasn't a good job, but it wasn't awful. Mm-hmm. And I felt emotion for her. I felt the emotion that she was going through. Um, and I, I felt it for everyone. I liked everyone's questions. Jamie said, "Can you fix it?" Or no. Someone asked, "Can you fix it?" And then when Claire says no, Jamie says, "Even with ether." Because he doesn't know a lot about doctor stuff, but he right. knows that he knows Ether, Ether was, a, was a big thing. That's a big <laughs> that thing. Ether was a really big deal yeah. for Claire when she discovered it. Yeah. Also, I just want to say we got a really nice email from uh, a brand new Loiny who supported your <laughs> Sophie Skelton. Oh my gosh. Thoughts? Thank uh, you so, so, so welcome. much. Welcome to the show. Thank you so nice much to for have that you. email. We, we love that email and all the emails we get. And if you want to email us, you can email us at loinlander at gmail.com or you can reach us on our Facebook group at Lloydlander Facebook group. Yes, because yeah. we do we really... Love it. It's so much fun. ...really love the messages, yeah. so thank you so much. And we so got a much. lot after the first episode, so we, yeah. it's, it's fun. Anyway. We certainly did. So I just want to say I feel very badly for Jamie in this scene, especially when you know what he ends up doing. Like, he's looking at his entire family in this room, everyone he loves, and he realizes who the, yeah, who the odd man out is here, yeah. right? He's like, oh... You know, so because Claire says, I can't help her, but I know someone who can. Would anyone else out there have loved to have heard the name Joe Abernathy? I would have. Wouldn't it have been like, I think that's who she's referring to. You would assume. I mean, I mean, well, probably, but maybe not. Like, I I mean, she, I I would assume knew many a doctor. That's true. Being a professional doctor herself. So maybe she's not referring to Joe Abernathy. But for the sake of story, it would make sense that they would go to a familiar character. Yeah, um, I would and not just loved... randomly like, hi, I'm Chad and I do heart stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Joe Abernathy. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I, I mean, you know, I mean, depending on where, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. So then we have a scene with Roger and Brianna and they have their doubts, understandably, about whether or not this time travel is going to work. Because as Roger says, like, it didn't work the first time which i thought was interesting for reasons we'll bring up later but yeah like i i meant to talk about that when we were watching but we'll talk about oh really context. okay yeah. well and then brianna says i'll go and he's like no no we should all go and i can relate to both of them in this scene for the first time i thought they're definitely talking like a family you and i have yeah. had conversations obviously not about time travel yeah, no. but when there's an issue with one of our kids and there's concerns and we have plans always like okay well maybe i'll take this one mm-hmm. i'll just do this like just i'll do it this is an all-go event yes yeah. yes but they're all gonna go wow. and then meanwhile claire and jamie are in their room and claire is talking through the surgery she's kind of walking through it in her head wondering if she could do it thinking back to her time in school wondering if she can pull it off and this made a lot of sense to me too like it was just scene after scene that made sense and i really as a viewer it's like absolutely i need to see claire struggling to convince herself that she can't do it because she's so dependent she's very claire yeah it was independent sorry she's so independent yeah independent i got you it very felt like you know whatever like 12 stages of grief or whatever one of those things like the rationalization phase or whatever i don't know what the 12 stages are yeah uh but uh you know what i mean like where she was trying to it's like can i do it no i can't maybe i can should i can i think about it jamie's just sitting there like he has no she may as well just be speaking like some sort of space language he has He's like sympathetic, but he has no idea what the hell she's talking about. And again, I felt like this was a very realistic scene. You and I have had many nights where I'm pacing the room, talking, and you just like stare at me, having no clue what I'm talking about. Um, So then he gets up and he says, I'm going to suggest something that you might not think will work. You thought he was um, offering sex. I thought he was trying to have sex. He's like, this might not be your top of mind right now. And then he went towards the bed and I think she did too, actually. And then you think he, she was disappointed. I think she was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's been five minutes. And then, then, he, but he starts to pray. He starts to pray. What do we think about the fact that we've had two episodes of Outlander in both of them? Praying is very important to these characters. I don't know, but it's it has a little Christian. It has felt 
churchier for yeah, I sure. I felt churchier. A little churchier. I don't remember Jamie ever being. Even oh no, he's like, always been very. He, that's like that's the, part of him. Maybe in the book, but like yeah. I'm just saying in the show, I don't think it's ever been his like. Maybe it has. I'm it has, and that's why he also wanted to marry her and do it properly. And like, no, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, and it would make sense for for someone of his, his time. background and everything. Yeah, like it's not. It didn't seem out of character at all. It just never really seemed like maybe because a priority. the episodes are so condensed. It's like we're just always praying now because we have to get the. You know what I mean? Well, like, and all we and also I think we they've just with, especially with the Tom Christie. With him being so like overly religious, yeah, you know they wouldn't have. It just made sense to not have them. Be Jamie churchy. also, be, right. yeah, because Jamie often kind of mo- like remember when yeah. Tom Christie had the hand surgery and he's like, I don't want any painkillers. I'll just Jesus Jamie. Will get me yeah, remember it, yeah. Jamie's like, sure, I'll read the Bible to you. That'll do yeah, it. Yeah, or like, like when Tom built the church and Jamie was like, this is actually going to be a meeting house, and you know, like, like oh yeah. So, so yeah, it was. He's so there, like rationally religious, Jamie. Yeah, is. yeah, but he's like, my whole family is going to travel through time and try and save my uh, granddaughter from her uh, blood-filled heart or lungs or something like that. I guess blood-filled heart's actually probably good, but um, so like, let's pray about it. I think I feel like yeah. this is a very yeah, it was for, even for someone who's not overtly religious, probably a pretty reasonable time to start praying. Yeah. So the next morning they get gems or they have one gem to see if they can all hear the buzzing and mm. Jemmy insists that the baby can hear it. That was a really weird scene. Yeah, it confused both of us. Yeah. I Why mean, was he saying that? Well, I mean, who knows? Maybe, uh, like, because we're now in, in unknown Very waters unknown. for yep. you and me. Yeah. So, yeah, like, is the uh, like the implication there is that, well, and Jemmy's like, she told me or something like that. Like, something like basically implying that Jemmy can either speak to the baby or read the baby's mind or something. I don't, I don't And no one, no one. They were even, like, well, great. Let's go. Yeah. No one even questioned it. No one's like, you know, I mean, like, this is a big risk to take. Right. Knowing like not even knowing for sure that she can travel. They don't even know that Jemmy can travel. Yeah. Although I guess they kind of do. Cause they did leave yeah. and then they came back. But maybe, I mean, I would have been like, I would have said, like, maybe the reason we got kicked back in the first place is because we brought Jemmy with us, and Jemmy couldn't travel, and so kicked us all back because we were all tied together with a rope. Um, right. But, I mean, they got to try, right? They do have to try. Like, so they all travel to Wilmington together, mm-hmm. which, I mean, even just this, this reminds me of, like, those really sad airport goodbyes mm-hmm. where your parents come, and they're just sitting having lunch with you before you get on the plane, and you know they're just trying to, like spend every last second with you before like it's yeah that never happened to me but it sounds super sad it's, it is it's just like yeah. oh my god let's just cut that and i feel like that's what jamie and claire are doing like right roger and brianna could have just gone to willington well, i guess they needed but to get, i guess i get that like first of all you know they it's probably another week that they have right with them. and there's all kinds of like bonker stuff going on in wilmington and all you know like we're about to have a big old war that's true you know like there's They're all like, kinds we'll go with you What's that? Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and, and it's like, this is the last, theoretically, they're going to, you know what I mean? Like, I would, as a parent, I wouldn't let my kids just be like, all right, well, toodle fucking loo, enjoy the future. Um, yeah. Like, I'd... I'd want to make sure that it they yeah. they got there. So, they're in Wilmington, and there was a sweet scene where um, Roger and Brianna are going to get, I guess, like food and maybe some more gemstones stuff bread i like that the, she's like i'm gonna go to the baker i know she's like, like the bakery what? now i like that like croissants was a, yeah. a priority and claire and jamie are like okay we'll watch the kids and it's like of course because they live with them it's not just like they're you know around the corner and really like they they all live on that ridge together yeah. so that was sad um and then <laughs> brianna sees lord john and you yeah. got really excited oh she, i mean who yeah. doesn't love lord john everyone He's loves the him best. and she says jesus h roosevelt christ and that you're like nope 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 no it's lord john and william great casting i love new william yeah he uh, he looks convincingly to me like jamie fraser and sassy he... geneva's wife or a uh, child yeah. yeah yeah sassy geneva yeah um r.i.p but it was great to see lord john uh, love Lord John. Sophie Skelton was playing this scene a little bit weird. You kept saying that she was flirting with William. It seemed that way. I mean, they they had a really bizarre chemistry. 
where yeah she was like being bizarrely like sassy with him i thought um yeah it was it was and he was like i don't know if he was reciprocating but there was like i hope i see you again i hope you do you know like it was like it was it was a bit weird he didn't know that she was his sister but she knows he's her brother right yeah it's fair for him to be like trying he's to, like hello redhead know, with big thick black eyebrows gigantic caterpillars over your eyes yeah um but but she was all like well maybe um which is super weird super weird and um also i just want to say david barry i feel like it drinks unicorn blood or is a vampire or something because like he actually looks younger yeah, he looks like, so good. <laughs> he, like, if, if anyone, I'm sure uh, a number of people out there have, have are familiar with the books, but, like, that is a dude that should play Lestat. Oh, yeah. You know, like, he is, that guy was born, like, with his, like, harsh sort of, like, cheekbones and that kind of thing. Pale. His, like, his pale and his, like, his, his, like, little eyes and stuff like that. Like, man, that dude would make a great vampire. He sure would. Yeah. So Brianna says goodbye to William and then she and Lord John. Oh no, sorry. Something happens while they're all, the three of them are talking. Jamie sees Lord John from across the street. They make eye contact. Yeah. And then Jamie just keeps walking. You know what? I didn't like that. I didn't like it, but after their conversation, it made a lot of sense to me because I, I didn't understand it in the moment, but I understood it after because Jamie is known as a as a dissident right you know he has known associations to i can't remember who there are the rebel yeah there's a name yeah Yeah. i can't remember the name Mm -hmm. and lord john gray is obviously lord john gray uh you know he's standing right next to a red coat coat. so they can't they can't canoodle in the middle of the street and be all like i love you man let's play chess like yeah so at the time it didn't make sense to me because they're like bros but uh yeah, like in, in, in the context of their conversation that they have afterwards, it totally made sense to me. Right. So then Brianna walks away with Lord John and he says, thank you for your discretion because she didn't say, William, I'm your sister. And so right. he praises her for that. But then she does tell him that he should tell William who his true father is. And she talks about Frank. And I just want to say, I don't know if anyone else noticed it, but they played the Frank in the background during this scene i noticed it because you immediately pointed it out to me um yeah. I, I don't know if any of the other uh, lawyers noticed that at all but um i uh i i i thought sophie skelton did pretty good in this whole wilmington situation is that right yeah i like even though even though her interaction with um willie was weird and uh possibly borderline inappropriate mm-hmm. um I thought they had better chemistry than her and Roger have ever had. I know. Um, and then also, I mean, for whatever reason, again, Sophie Skelton and David Barry always, they've like, I know. in previous seasons, <laughs> like I remember they had like a great, there was like, they were on a porch somewhere when he gave her the astrolabe and I think it was maybe it was at Jocasta's house. I can't remember. It was like a while ago. But I remember watching that scene and being like, wow, it is a shame that David Barry did not get cast as roger because like i would have bought that they were actually in a loving relationship well i'll tell you that diana gabaldon was in an interview with people and they said because that was like a known thing everyone was pushing for brianna and lord john to get married right despite the fact that roger was in the story but people watching the show there was like a huge fan push to get lord john and brianna together and so i saw an interview with her and they said, what do you think about this? And she said, it's, it's wrong. Like it's Lord it's John is, he's gay. He's interested in men. That's, right. that's a real, that's a real issue. And I think that some, like, I mean, she's very careful in what she says, but right. she's like, there's been a writing mishap. If people aren't rooting for Brianna and Roger and they're rooting yeah. for Lord John and Brianna, that's a problem because it's not something that would happen with those characters. I don't think it's a... Well, it was a writing mishap because Roger was so deplorable in the first... He was so poorly written. uh, He was so poorly written. But also, just poor casting in the sense that, like, they have no chemistry. Roger and Brianna have no chemistry at all. Like, I would be... I would buy far more that they were brother-sister or maybe, like, work uh, associates than actual 
like that they actually have a loving relationship with each other. I don't think I feel like they don't like each other in real life. I would buy that because they certainly don't seem to like each other on screen. She and Sam Hewen have okay chemistry, like yeah. not amazing, but okay chemistry. And I know because I follow both of them on Instagram, like they go hiking together in real life, like they're buddies. Yeah. I don't think she's friends with Richard Rankin. I mean, you don't have to be friends with everybody. You know, part of you have to like someone though in order to create chemistry. Well, I mean, that's why they do chemistry reads and casting, right? Like they do this for a reason. You know, they have I, chemistry tests. Oh my god, I feel like they were. I don't know why they did it, but I think they had waited too long for Brianna. Because Didn't you tell me it took a long time to cast? It took Brianna? four ever to cast her and everyone was waiting for it like this is when i was at like my all-time peaklander peak yeah. outlander frenzy fan and i would just oh, I like scour the internet i mean it was so after outlander. season one it was about it was about to be season two and roger and brianna are both introduced in the final episode of season two it was huge casting news and they i remember they released richard rankin and they showed a picture of him and i was thrilled because i'm like yes that is exactly what Roger should look like, and then nothing. Yeah. And it's like maybe that's... they just couldn't find anyone that actually had chemistry with Richard Rankin, and then they were like, "Well, we got to do somebody." And they no, I've seen him in shows board. where he has chemistry with people. What show have you seen him in? Has he been in any other shows? Yeah, he was in this World War One doctor nurse drama. Oh. Okay. I can't remember what it was called. I watched the whole thing. Well, it was doctor so nurse. good. It yeah. was so good. Oh, well, good for him. And he had a love interest, and they had chemistry. Oh, okay. I'll I'll look it up. Anyways, my or, point is, yeah. I feel like they just panicked, and they were like, oh my god. Well, you gotta start shooting sooner or later. Fuck it. Cast her. Oh. Like that. I think that's what they did. A rare swear from Megan. Yeah. One, one for the jar. Any hoosers. <laughs> so, let's bring her back down. <laughs> let's bring it back down. So, the Frank theme song played. Great. Yep. Jamie then goes and visits Lord John. Mm-hmm good to see you yeah. lord john says there's tension mm, maybe more tension. than there needs to be i felt i was like this well, is it's almost like a weird sexual tension coming from both absolutely of them. yeah i felt coming that too. from both of them yeah i feel like i we <laughs> like whatever i mean i feel like jamie is in love with I, lord I, john i, I a feel like bit. jamie could sam hewan plays dance, it like could he, dance either way i feel like you know the king of men doesn't necessarily mean the king of like only women you, you know it's uh i'm just saying like i know, you know I, I, he, he once offered to remember to like didn't he offer at one point to like have sex with lord john go live with john if if something or wasn't there like some sort of like and lord john's like i'm not gonna we're not gonna you are, i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not gonna take you that way but Sam, but Hewan was not Sam Hewan, but uh, Jay, <laughs> whatever. Well, maybe. Uh, I mean, uh, but uh, Jamie wasn't like horrified. Yeah, it wasn't like this has not been on the table. Well, I read an interview. Am I wrong? Would that did that scene not happen? It did happen. Yeah. It did. Okay. Yeah, I read an interview that um, David Barry gave, and he was saying that he was told they were both told to play that scene um, like a divorce. Right? Like, there was love here. There will always be love. He gives him the jewel. And then, you know, I'll always be there for you. This is over. So they yeah. both played it like that. But there was weird sexual chemistry or, like, tension. Yeah. Maybe that's just David Barry. Maybe just with anyone every, he looks every, at. He just, <laughs> yeah, like, so everyone. They turn yeah. and they have a scene with him. And it's like, oh, oh we're having okay. sex. Okay. Yeah. 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 I wonder what that's like for him in real yeah, life. It can't just be bad. to yeah. everyone you look know, at. Yeah. Okay, then after that, Jamie goes to the hotel room that they're staying at, and it's him and Brianna and Roger and Claire and the two kids, and they're counting the gems, and they've done it. They Now with Lord John's gem, they have enough gems for all four of them to mm -hmm. travel. And um, I don't know. I was starting to feel really sad. I felt the closeness of, the, of all of them in that room together. Right. It's like the night before. Mm -hmm. Anything from you? No, nothing. No. Okay. We forgot, I forgot to bring up the fact that when Claire first noticed Mandy's nails and listened to her heart, you were like, you looked over at me and you're like, what's happened? DB? DB? Yeah. And you started like shifting around in the yeah. couch. You My were like, DB alarm went off for sure. Your DB alarm went right off. Yeah. No, I know what, I know what that means. Yeah. yeah. DB for sure. Although I just to go back to Lord John and, and Jamie, um, I do think it was like a pretty, you know, like 
they're bros. They're super bros. Oh, and like it was sad. Jamie, it like it was a kick in in Lord John's beautiful face when um <laughs> when Jamie was like we we can't see each other anymore. I know it was you know, sad. But we'll still be we'll still be bros from afar. That's what he said. Yeah, basically. And then it actually shows Jamie leaving, and then it shows him after he closes the door behind him. And I said yeah. to him like, "Look how," sad. and you're like, "Yes, of course he yeah. is." You felt it for he's Jamie. His best, he's Jamie's best friend. He is Jamie's best friend. Now that, well, I mean, Murtaugh was family. Murtaugh wasn't even his, I mean, I know he, you know, like essentially a, a brother slash father figure to Jamie. So I don't even count Murtaugh as his best friend. Yeah. Uh, like, but, you know, within the confines of the story we see on TV, Lord John is really Jamie's only friend. Yeah. You know, like he's the, yeah. it's the only friend they've ever shown well, him have. Well, Fergus, but I guess that's like an adopted Fergus son. Fergus is like an adopted son. Yeah. yeah. Like Lord John is like his only friend. Yeah, and, that's true. You know? So, so that would be, that'd be pretty sad. Wow. It's tough episode for Jay Frey. No. Yeah. So then he and Brianna go for a walk. Yeah. And they're surrounded by light bugs. Well, are they? Which couldn't, it looked, it didn't look realistic to me. No, it was just. But I've never been surrounded by light bugs. In the first scene, it looked okay. And then when Bree starts talking about Disneyland, it looks, it's obviously just generated particles. But whatever, that's fine. Yeah. So I didn't mind the context of this scene. Sorry, I just wanted to ask the book, the existing book loinies out there. Mm -hmm. Because I I was like, this had to have been, I feel like something from the book that these fire bugs were there fire bugs that's what they're called right i don't know what they're called light bugs light, fire light, bugs light light bum bugs yeah anyway because i can't think of any reason why why any other reason why they would do this because it didn't look very good to me so i'm like oh this has to be like a favorite book scene that these all these fire bugs are here mm-hmm. um just so yeah if they and like were... why put them through that like just have them go sit somewhere yeah exactly it was it, it well, wasn't you know really what it necessary. was it was supposed to look magical it was like oh, a yeah, magical place in, the, like... in his time okay, yeah. in jamie's time right. as opposed to the magical also place. another kick in the dick he's like look how magical this is she's like well let me tell you about disneyland you I think know. this is cool i know Anyway, go on. Sorry. So she talks about Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, delivery is not in, not not great, but we don't need to focus on that. Sam Hewen is great. He asks her, "Is it disappointing here in this place?" Yeah. No, he's sad. He's super sad. They talk um, about the future. They talk about Mickey Mouse, which just confuses the hell out of him. Yeah, and she says, "You could you could maybe work in the future. You could publish newspapers." And he crosses his arms and says, "Well, I could be a farmer as well. Surely people still eat." Not understanding the concept of like a grocery store. Right. I mean, still farmers, but... Yeah. So then we have Jamie and Claire in their room, and Jamie refers to the future as her proper time. Mm. And I don't know if that is Claire's proper time. I feel like her proper time is maybe in the 1700s. I mean, I feel like she thinks it is, for sure. Yeah. For whatever reason. She's chosen it. Yeah. And he gives her a gem. A little tiny gem. And you said, and I wanted to talk to you about this. I Mm. didn't ask at the time because I thought, save it for the podcast, Megan. But you said, seven seasons in and he's finally doing the right thing. Yeah. Why did you say that? I just feel like, obviously Claire comes from a better time. You know, like, and she had gone back and come back. And, you know, I just feel like with all the shit she's been through, I don't know. Yeah. It just made sense to me that, you know, he would have, I don't know. It just made, made sense that he would want her to be in a place that's better for her. She can go, she can be a doctor and not have to worry about people like ganging her all the time or, you know, civil wars or whatever. She can have a hamburger at a fast food place. I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe doing the right thing isn't, isn't necessarily the correct way to put it, but I'm just surprised it, you know, was mm-hmm. more of a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, she takes the gem and she throws it out the window mm-hmm. and he kind of sits up and says, are you throwing it out? And then she comes back and kisses him and they, you know, like, oh, I love you so much. I'm here forever. Blah, 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 and he yeah. says, you better go fetch that gem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which was realistic dialogue. So I thought so too. Thank you. I want to see the scene of like Claire... Like With rooting through the yeah. street through like the mud puddle, <laughs> like, like under a horse, the, yeah. trying to find that gem. Because yeah. yeah. it was night and the gem was basically black. Like, good luck finding that gem. Yeah. 
So the next morning, they ride out on the boat, all six of them, and they walk to the stones. Yeah. What did you think of this scene? Uh, like, are you talking about all the emotion in the ocean that happened after? Because that was too much. That was, like, so I, I... I mean, this, this worked for me. I was crying. Claire and Brianna say goodbye. Then Claire says goodbye to Jemmy. And you said... Again, bizarrely, at least she has the smarts to know they're not coming back. Why'd you say that? Oh, just because, like, I just feel like Claire, being Claire, would want them to come back. Like, you you know, but she knows that, you know, you're not going to, when you have a baby with a heart condition, you're probably going to stay where the, where it can get proper medical care for the rest of, in this case, her life. Yeah. Right? So... You know, there is, I just meant in the sense that, like, there is a finality to this. It's not like the last time when they went where they were going to travel through time. It's like, well, maybe they can just come back. You know, but, like, they're going and they're gone. You know, maybe Roger or Jemmy or something could come back. But probably Bree and the baby are not going to come back. Yeah. Then, so Claire says goodbye to Jemmy. And then... Roger and Jamie say goodbye Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed their goodbye because Roger says I'll make sure the kids remember you I have so many stories to tell them and Jamie says maybe leave out the one about the snake bite eh because remember what a horrible state Jamie was in and Roger could not get him back to the fridge like Rod and Jamie was like bossy but dying right I'm so proud that you just called it the fridge by the way (laughs) um yeah no it was just like one long goodbye after I loved it and then then complaining Lainey then Claire said to Roger I felt like we were family the first time we met I was crying I was crying it they Roger has been like family mm-hmm. ever since they first. I miss the days met. back in old time or modern time in Boston when they would just like get drunk together. They did that a lot. They did that a lot. That was better. And then Jamie says goodbye to Jemmy and says, "If you see a mouse named Michael, you tell him you're grand." And it's just oh, that was a little heartwarming as a dad, or not heartwarming, heartbreaking. Sorry, yes. as a, as a dad because he was trying. He's trying he's to be trying. He's trying he's to be trying cool. To speak future. Yeah, he's trying to be cool. And he got it wrong. Got it wicked wrong. But well, he tried. Mostly wrong. Yeah, he tried. He tried. It just brave face. Every once in a while, it's so obvious that he's odd man out, right? Like, yeah, yeah. He's like, is this Michael Mouse a big thing? Yeah. Let me speak to the kids I about can, it. I'm hip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Brianna and Jamie are the last to say goodbye, and there's tears and sad music, and you looked over at me and said, "This better fucking work," because you were so mad the last uh, time they yeah. t- tried to. Time travel and there it didn't was work. such a buildup. I'm like, if this is just a ruse, like, like I, I would have flipped the tape. So they all take their gems and put them in their pockets, and Brianna just takes the the Mandy's gem and kind of tucks it yeah, loosely find, in her blanket. I mean, they've always been about as fast and loose as you can possibly be about the actual like laws of time travel if they exist or or really anything like they just gloss over all logical time travel related anything um so this kind of surprised me but then i was like really you can just put it in his pocket and that's good enough and you're like yep oh it Uh, is that is that that part wasn't the part that's like me but you and i both paused it to talk about when they tried to do this the last time when it was just the three of them roger and brianna and jemmy they put a rope around all three of them, which of course you would because the whole conversation started because Brianna's just like loosely carrying this baby in yeah. her arms with a wool blanket around it. Like I was like, don't they have, can't they string up some sort of baby Bjorn situation, situation where the like, baby's yeah, you, tied I would to the earth? put the baby in my coat and yeah, button up my exactly. coat and then tie a rope around that. Right. And I would cling on as hard as I could. Well, yeah, you know, I, without suffocating yeah, right. the baby with yeah. the heart condition. Right. But like we, we would make sure that we were all connected and suddenly it was like okay well should we go at the same time or do you want to go first and i'll meet you there like it was pretty loosey-goosey it was loosey-goosey for sure so the thing is is that they do disappear through the stones there's a cool shot where they're all just about to go through and brianna turns and looks at jamie and he 
looks like he's kind of confused, but he does a little hat, hat tip. Tilt. He's like, it feels like I should do this yeah. maybe, yeah. but you can tell he's like, are you disappearing forever? Mm-hmm. And they do. And you said, oh, Jamie's never seen them, seen anyone go through yeah, the stones before, but he has. I thought he hadn't seen Claire, but you told me he did. So. Yeah, right before Culloden. And then it's, you know, they're just left, Claire and Jamie. And he says, yeah. if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't go on. You know what? Actually, sorry. Just, I have to retract that. Because Jamie did do the right thing by sending Claire back to the future before Culloden, I guess. So, yeah. So, yeah. I because stand, she was pregnant, yeah. Stand corrected, King of Men. Mm-hmm. You did the right done, thing then, too. You've done this too. before, yeah. Yeah. So then they arrive. Roger, Brianna, the baby, and Jemmy. Yeah. He gets up immediately, and he's running around. Roger is the only one who's playing like it was a difficult journey. Watching yeah. it the second time, Brianna is just like, oh, the baby's fine. Yeah, and Jemmy gets up, and he's playing with... Yeah. Roger is Kids the only actor who seems to remember that... Tra- time traveling is very difficult. Like Richard yeah. Rankin is like, he looks like exhausted. He's huffing and puffing. He looks stressed out. And it's like, good job, Richard Rankin. Yeah. yeah. I that's... mean, it's also Roger. He's got a weaker constitution. <laughs> they need to be consistent with what time travel is like. They were playing it Oh my differently. God. Now you're telling they have to be consistent with time travel? Like the... <laughs> Anyways, the first thing that you said was, this doesn't look crazy modern. But then we see an airplane. Yes, we do see an airplane, yeah. And we know they've made it. That airplane, though, looks very... Like, that airplane looks like airplanes in our time. I mean, it was... It couldn't have looked faker. Um, So it was, you know, like, I don't know that... Maybe they just couldn't buy a CG model of an old-timey plane off of whatever nickel and dime website they bought that uh, airline 3D model off of. (laughs) But... uh, but yeah, it... Uh, it did the trick. It let us know that did, they had made it to modern yeah, times. Either way, there are not planes on the fridge. So we knew that they where they are, we don't... You might, Loinies, but we don't currently know. But they are not in Fridgetown. Right. Right. So then you and I started talking about what time period they will mm, be in. Yeah. Because I know that Brianna was born in the 60s, right? Like in the late so, 60s. Yeah, and then accurate. when she graduated, though... And I know this because Frank was rocking the 1970s glasses. Mm, or was it 1960s glasses? I don't know what they were. But I think Frank lived in the 70s. He died in the 70s, right? I, I It sounds accurate. I don't know. You're, so you're what I'm wondering is, are they in the 80s now? Well, again, like, you know, I, I just told you about now you you know this is now you pick the time for time travel to be rational like i don't really understand you know this thing where like these two timelines somehow like run completely parallel that you know six years on the fridge equals when they go back it's been six years in you know quote unquote modern time Why doesn't like, that make sense to you it just makes no time is time what? you're either back there or you're here a year is a year why doesn't that make sense that makes the most sense to me. I'm just trying to calculate how long they were there. Jemmy's almost four or five, I'd say, right? So if they went back in 1970, like if it was 1975 when they went back to find Claire because of the newspaper article they read that they died in a fire, that's why yeah. Brianna went back. I guess it's just... And it might what, be 1980 What they're now. saying is that like, no matter what time you go through the stones, you only, there's like a set amount of time that you travel. So if you go back, you either travel this amount of time back. And if you jump in, you would travel the same amount of time into the future. I have no idea what you're saying. Quantum mechanics. (laughs) Um, Anyway, that's fine. We can carry on now. Okay. So Claire and Jamie arrive home and Claire sees the house, sees the fridge house. Yeah. And smiles. Her smile is too big. It's confusing. Too big. It's, I think what they were trying to play is show that you're happy to be home. Mm -hmm. Show the audience that you're happy, like it was hard to say goodbye, but you do love this home. Mm -hmm. It played in a weird way. It looked like Claire was looking, to me, I'm like, are they there? Like, why is she smiling so big? I also felt then that the immediate happiness montage that they had afterwards was really bizarre. No, you're missing the scene where they're in bed, lying in bed in the dark. Yes. And it's so depressing. Right. And again, I felt like this was very, very well written. Thank you, Tony Graffia. Competent writer telling the story. 
how they played this is exactly what would happen. Claire, like, she's like, every time I close my eyes, I see our family and we've lost them all. Mm -hmm. They're all gone. Yeah. She's having a panic attack. Yeah. And Jamie says, they're not dead. Right. Which, you know, at Claire, Claire, yeah, exactly. Claire responds like, they're 200 years in the future. We'll never see them again. And he's like, but when I think about Murtaugh's cold, dead body, that's worse. Like, I've lost a lot of people. Yeah. They're not dead. Like, you just have to focus on that. And it seems to help Claire a little bit. It's logical. But she's, like, she is grieving. Yeah. And, like, it is a heartbreaking scene. With the realization that there's no motivation for them to ever come back. There's motivation for them to actually not ever come back. I know. And she even lists, like, Fergus and Marceline and their kids. Because they had a bunch of kids that called Claire and Jamie, like, grandma and grandpa yeah and now brianna and like it's it's a loss and it's very very sad but then we get to the happy montage that yeah, you're and referring then it immediately to. flips to happy town yes saying that i that she clings on to what jamie said right. like in the weeks that followed we we focused on the fact that they weren't dead yeah. and they we showed jamie Lizzie's threesome into yeah. family into our world and they showed jamie <laughs> um with the foal with with mandy's little sad. horse that was sad. is sad uh, he's like raising the horse he mm-hmm. thought he was gonna raise it with her yeah. like oh jamie this guy has a rough life he's doing okay he's had some he's had some rough spots for sure but like he's in a pretty good position right now missing family aside so you know, they refer to the ridge as the happiest place on earth and they have the um, the music. It's like the, the montage is the ridge music, yeah. which I will say I love almost as much as I love the Frank theme. <laughs> Ironically, I also love the um, Roger and Brianna love theme that they play, oh. even though I do not I like not... their love theme. I like the music that they play whenever it's a storyline with them. You will be surprised to know that maybe you aren't surprised to know that I there's for me there's no distinction between any of the songs. I don't find any of the music distinct enough to ever recognize it as being anything. Oh, really? Some of it is absolutely beautiful. I'll tell you, I don't like Jamie and Claire's love theme, which, I mean. Sorry if everyone just stopped listening to yeah. the podcast. I don't think it's a very pretty tune. We didn't even talk about, um, sorry, speaking of their love, we didn't even talk about their failed uh, romp. Well, that's when she's pretty big, right? so sad and depressed. Yeah, we've never seen them She try. I think she tries, before. I know, I think she tries to distract herself. Right. Because she's so upset and she's like, every time I close my eyes, but then she can't. She has to like sit back and be like, yeah. I, this is. I can't even sad sex you. I can't even do this. Yeah. So, Yeah. They're in, they were sad. It's a rough spot. But then they have the happy montage with the happy music, mm-hmm. and they show Ian and they show Rolo. Oh, come she just, on! And baby. she describes it. At, you know, she's like, "We just count our blessings. This is the happiest place on earth." And Next scene. That well, the happy, <laughs> that that whole line to me, honestly, when she said that, it's like, and they didn't. I don't know if they played it, but like that could have totally been a little bit different. In like, uh, like she's trying to sell herself. You know, like it more as like a coping mechanism than a truly believe it. Oh, maybe. I don't think they sold it that way, but I, but like, I feel like that's maybe was supposed to be the intent. No, I think Claire, when she's with Jamie and she's on the ridge and they're together, I think it is the happiest place on earth for her. But I will say, oh, and I started crying within the happy montage. Mm-hmm. You hear her voiceover describing how. Every once in a while, she still still hears Brianna's laugh, mm-hmm. or she sees the picture of Jemmy, or sees all the carved toys that yeah. Roger made for him. And I get welled up, like it's sad. I don't know if you got welled up the first time, but you were getting welled up with me when you watched it the second time. Oh well, just that feeling. I mean, we've all been there, where you have, you know, you're surrounded by family, and you have like a wonderful time, and then they leave, and then you see something that reminds you of the time you had. It's so sad. It's well enough right now, folks. It's well enough right now. It was beautifully written. Thank you again, Tony Graffia. Just write all the episodes, <laughs> and we won't have a problem. Whew, okay. All right. Final scene. Claire comes home in the evening from what looks like she's been like at the garden mm-hmm. or something. 
and the door is open, which irritated you. Yeah. I don't know why when people break into places, they just leave the door open. I don't think that's something, thankfully, I've never had a thing broken into, but I just feel like that's something you wouldn't do if you're going to sneak into someone's house and wait for them. I know. And it's Wendigo. He's yeah, sitting in the shocker. dark waiting. Yeah. yeah. They start talking and I love his accent. Yeah. This actor's accent, he sounds so modern America. He really does. Made me a little sad because I kind of wanted to like this guy because I think he's a good actor, but it turns out, nope, he's just a big dick bag. I know. This was a bad wind. I mean, he is. He's a horrible, he's a horrible human being mm -hmm. and he's pissed off because he tried to travel the stones and it didn't work and he's like, I know you have gems. Well, and he wants to know why. He's like, why didn't it work? And I found that really interesting because, and this is what I wanted to talk to you about because why didn't, so there is something, why didn't it work for Roger and Brianna either? Uh, you know, Roger, Brianna, and Jimmy. Well, they touched like, on that because they said, think of home. And they realized that the fridge was their home. And Jemmy had, Jemmy wanted to be with Ian, cousin Ian. Mm -hmm. So between Jemmy pulling them back and the two of them saying, think about home, they both thought of the ridge. Right. So, so Wendigo to... was just too drunk to think of a place? I don't know. Yeah, that's why she's like, you can't be drunk. And I love how Claire talks like she actually knows. Like, that's such a Claire Randall thing, though, to, like, authoritatively talk about how she understands the fucking, like, quantum mechanics of the stone time traveling. Like, Well, she does is... now. It's taken a while to figure out. I think the theory is the first time she fell through the stones, there was a gem, a rhinestone on her watch. Yeah. And then when Jamie pushed her through the stones yeah. at Culloden, he gave her his father's ring and said, give this to the Baron. Yeah. And name him Brian after my father. Right. So she was just clutching onto it. Yeah, the gem thing, I mean, for what it's worth, you know, at least kind of makes a little bit of sense. At least that that's, the gem thing is the only consistency, mm -hmm. the logical consistency to mm -hmm. the time trouble. And does it eat the gem? Pardon? Does it eat the gem? Like, is the gem on, because the gem. Yeah, then it disappears. Gem's gone. Yeah, it eats okay. the gem. That's right weird anyway yeah. yeah so wendigo brings jamie and all of his thugs in and they start looking for gems and mm -hmm. it appears that the bugs have been have robbed jamie right because jamie and mr bug speak in gaelic to each other like where did you get that none of your business i disagree and then yeah, wendigo it... says stop speaking gibberish yeah that was fine the gold that was interesting because it was like a gold bar it was like a pressed gold yeah, bar. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's more significance to that. Like, is that like, is that like British gold? Like, are they buying, is someone like, is that like bribery gold? Like, oh. is there, yeah, like it didn't just look like, like the gold that Mr. or Mrs. Bug had was like very specific looking gold. Like it wasn't a candlestick or a necklace or something that says I've been robbing your house. Like that's not, that was very, like that was like a gold bar. Well, and Jayfrey with, was immediately and suspicious. He knew what that gold bar was. Like he, he knew that wasn't just like, I stole a candlestick. Like that, that was, there was something more significant, I believe anyway, to that than just the fact that it was gold. Yeah. Wendigo, on the other hand, is like not at all interested in that. No, he's not he there to gold. rob them. He wants a gemstone. He's like, I just want a gemstone. They go into Claire's Me apothecary. Uh, yeah, sure, medical medical station, station yeah. and they start tearing it apart. I have to say, this hurt me. I was like, no, because she has taken it has taken her so long to accumulate all of the different yeah. formulas and all of the different potions and all of the different utensils like i mean it's completely illogical too because anyone with like two sticks to rub together would know that that's not where you would keep a gemstone you would go to their bedroom like where do people keep jewelry they don't keep it in the by the front door in your medical area yeah, like, where people are coming like, in and when, out all when the time it goes from the future he would understand what that room was like he's not an idiot I mean, yeah. so it's like for them to start ransacking that, like if Wendigo is in such a hurry that he's holding Claire at gunpoint, like he would, they would go look like, where do you keep your jewelry? Yeah. You know that it's obviously not here. You under know, the sink under of the your, sink of your, yeah. of your, you know, medical station, you know, like, so it was, 
it made no sense except for the fact that they somehow had to figure out a way to do what happened at the end. Right, which is they dump over the ether, he lights the match, and it shows the ridge exploding. Or at least part of the ridge, yeah. Right. Um, you said that looks really fake. It looked wicked fake. But, and I, I mean, to me, it just looked like maybe like a little miniature house was set on fire. Right. So I was very surprised when I read an interview with Meryl Davis and she was saying that it was heartbreaking. That scene was heartbreaking because they actually exploded that set. She said, we'll never use that set again. And Sam Hewen was saying it was really hard the day we went to film it because we knew it was the last time we were going to be walking on that set. Yeah. Like they destroyed it, which is insane to me because you thought it looked bad and I thought it looked like a little dollhouse from afar. I don't think that was... Um... I don't think that was a real explosion. I really don't. Like, maybe they did destroy the set and we're going to see it next episode all kablooied or burnt down yeah, or she something. Said, yeah, they did do... They but, had to show... Yeah, actually, like, that's like, true because she said you see it again, but it's all destroyed. Right. Like, the, And that we, took a long time for them to do too. Right. We might see like a burnt down destroyed, but that explosion that we saw at the end was wicked fake. Right. Yeah. Well, and the interesting thing is right before they had, when during the montage, the happy montage, mm -hmm. it showed the hallway and you said, I really like that hallway. I love that hallway. Now it's blown up. Yeah. Why did you, what do you like about it? I don't know. It's just like, it just has a cool aesthetic and every time they shoot it, it always looks good. Yeah, it does. So yeah. So Meryl Davis says that was the, they said goodbye to the fridge set and they also, she said, said goodbye to the Wilmington set. And, and I think you'll be happy about this because you don't love the actor, the little boy who plays Jemmy. That was his last day on set. Oh, he's, really? He's out, she said. For the rest of the ever? She's She said he's too, he's, his, they can't use him again. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I think she said something like he's grown up too much or he's changed too much. So I don't know if that means they're going to go, well, it's, they're obviously, they're twins. Like the actors that mm -hmm. play him are yep. twins because yep. you can't. Yeah you, yeah, you can't have kids on set for... For too long. To um, so, but yeah. So I don't know if that means we're not going to see Roger and Brianna until Jemmy is way older, or if we're going to see them again, but the actor has changed so much that they have to use another little yeah, guy. I mean, it's interesting. Maybe that means that we won't see them again if ever, but uh, I assume we will. But yeah, maybe from here on in the rest of the season is just all Civil War... Hoo-ha. Maybe we I'd, don't see them again I'd until next year. And more then time travel. I'd love to see what happens to Roger and Brianna. Yeah. As someone who has complained nonstop about them, I'd love to follow their storyline. Well, I mean, it's the only <laughs> interesting thing that's happened. I mean, God, they just traveled through time. They landed in the middle of Lord knows where wearing old-timey clothes. People are going to think they're from like a fucking Renaissance fair. Yeah, and I I tried to go off on this and you told me Save I it for the podcast. I said it. save it for the podcast because you made a really good point. Is it time? Is it time? Can I say it? Yeah. Like this is the stuff that frustrates me about Outlander with like, and I've mentioned this in previous and I mean, whatever it was in the books, I don't like, but it's just it, like, as someone who has no investment in the books and only has to watch the show, it's like, it just bothers me the lack of forethought and the lack of just like, um, I guess awareness preparation of, of how much power they have. Yeah. Like they could like they're, they just went through time literally with nothing with coats and a baby. You know, and and, uh, and the only thing they brought was a wooden toy plane. That was it. And probably some croissants from the bakery. Mm -hmm. Like, like why wouldn't you make this elaborate plan where, like, you take a bunch of those gold bars that Jamie has, for example, put them in a chest and bury them somewhere that you know. Like, you... right in front of them, where exactly. Claire and Jamie right. were standing. So the first thing you do is you go dig up And, this, like, put a know, stick like, in it or something. You know, like, it's not like, like, health, like... They got to pay for this heart surgery. What are they going to do? Open a lemonade stand? Is Brianna going to invent matches? That's not going to help her. Like, you know, it's, are they going to get a job and then work for a year while they're to, to build up the money? Like, why wouldn't they, there's so many things they could do. Like Jane, here's like, if I was Jay Fright forever, yeah. uh, you know, I would like, I would somehow sign over the, like I would set up so that like the deed to the, all the fucking land he has 
is they put in a safety deposit box and they can go and claim it. And now they're wicked rich landowners or something to that extent, you know, like money, That's like so smart gold. because by the time they arrive in 1980, whatever Jamie is, yeah. is long gone, He's super dead, you know, like, like just like somehow like leave that, you know, like there's so many ways that they could set them up, you know, like, like so many ways they could, Wow, I mean, just it's countless ways that they could land there and and be like super fucking rich. Yeah, my language. Yeah, you know, but instead they just go through with a wooden plane and they don't even you know attempt to to have any sort of modern looking clothes or anything. They yeah. just go back in their old timey Renaissance fair outfits. Well, what are they supposed like, to do? Like spend three weeks not, sewing? Nothing, like probably pants nothing. For but, but I'm just saying, like, well, what, how are they going to go buy modern clothes? What are they going to do? I think, I mean, we know what they're going to do. They're going to go find Joe Abernathy, right? Because wasn't, I guess. he was looking out for Brianna but, when Claire went back. I mean, hopefully he's okay. <laughs> hopefully he's anywhere. Like they're nowhere near yeah, wherever the Boston? hell they're going. They're yeah. in the middle of nowhere. They don't have cab fare and there aren't Ubers and they couldn't freaking pay for one even if they, if there was. Like, like what's the plan? They have no plan. What is going to happen? Like, see, that would be so interesting. I hope they're, they they're, show us no, they're, they're not gonna going gloss to. It. They're, we're never going to see them. And then they're going to be at in the a beginning house. Of the season, and then everything, they'll just be like, and everything was fine in the end because it's Outlander. Um, you know, but like Maybe this not. is the actual, inter- like that would actually be an yeah. interesting thing to watch. Yeah. I would actually be very fascinated on what you would do there. Like that's a, that's a serious situation. What would you do? And you know, the uh-huh. interesting thing is that one of my, favorite parts when I was reading the books was about the journey. So Diana Gabaldon tells you what the journey is like. Claire made a peanut butter sandwich. She crumpled up some saran wrap and threw it out and watched the saran wrap roll down the hill thinking that saran wrap shouldn't be in this time. And it's the last time I'm going to see a part of my like, well, that's makes it all the more frustrating when you point that out, when you consider how much preparation Claire put into coming back. Remember she made her Batman coat. Yes. She had the peanut butter, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, you can't tell me that she would forget that you need to prepare to travel through time. I know. Like, it's so... But my point is, maybe Diana Gabaldon does explain what happened to Brianna and Roger right. when they arrive. And I just hope that maybe, maybe Tony Graffio will tell us. She's smart. She will write a good episode. Maybe, but this would have been the time to prepare. No. They're already gone. Oh, I see. Yeah, prepare. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, anyway, this just compounds my frustration from last year with how much... Remember how we would talk about how there would be like these long wasted episodes? Yeah. You know, so it's like if Diana Gabaldon did write this stuff, it just makes me even more frustrated with the last season because they had the time. They yeah. had the time to talk Show about us. this. Show but us. But instead they crammed so much into this episode. Like so in, in last season, that whole Alan Christie thing, that would have been two episodes. Oh, I know. Just that. I know. You know, and... and they just they killed him in six minutes they they did they blasted through so much stuff i'm very grateful for that no me too yeah. but i'm just saying like they they had the time and they squandered it yeah well that's the episode mm-hmm. uh mvp well, that's a great question actually for this one mvp um let me think for a sec who's your mvp sam hewan yeah that's a good pick Why? i thought he was very good in this episode yeah, uh, he had a lot of he had a lot of times to shine. He he was uh, very emotional. Um, I mean, I thought a lot of his emotional scenes were drug out, but I don't think they were made uh, worse because of him. Yeah, I think that's a solid pick. I mean, my heart says Lord John Gray. Oh, uh, yeah, he, yeah. Was, he he didn't have much time, but he had he had um, two really strong scenes. Three actually, really. He had the scene with. Um, Willie and Brie and then the scene with just Brie where she mm-hmm. does the Frank thing mm-hmm. and then the scene with Jamie which yeah. is the heartbreaking divorce yeah um, and I think they were all really really strong scenes yeah they were I felt those three scenes had a lot more real emotion in them than all the like long-winded goodbyes no and I felt the, like, emotion in the goodbyes fake baby love at the beginning I also like the fake baby love yeah so <laughs> anyway I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Lord John Gray okay rating out of a hundred you know what? Um, I'm gonna give this one a sixty. You know, oh my God. <laughs> I am only be- only because I I crap so hard on the show that it doesn't do things that if 
they're going to do an episode where they do a lot of stuff. I got to reward them with a score. Yeah. So, you know what? I'll be grateful. That... I, I'm there. They're right. They're, they're going to listen to this. They're listening to it right now. And they're like, <laughs> someone's popping a cork on a champagne bottle. I can, I can, I can hear it. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to him. Okay. I gave it a 75. Oh, wow. Because I mean. That's a shocker. Why? I, I thought you were going to be like 132 or something like that. No, I'm. it's not season one it or season two. It made you cry two. like, thri- like thrice, thrice I know. tears. 75 is a really decent score okay. for where we are in Outlander. 75 Fair. is very decent. I did not mind watching it twice. I really liked the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 75. Wow, okay. So, I thought you'd be higher. I did. Really? Because I know you really like this episode and it's been a while. Okay, so what was the best scene for you? Uh, the best scene would have been, I mean, I don't want to be predictable and go back and just say it's the Lord John Gray, Jamie, uh, love canoodle, which I I thought was the most well acted scene, uh, in the show and the episode. I, you know what? I actually, I, I didn't mind the whole Alan Christie thing off the top. That's insane. That's my worst scene. They rushed it, but. I, you know, I didn't mind the freaky Melva flashback. It was just nice to see the little witch again. She was and, getting raped and murdered. No, but she was, she's a good actress. Like even like when she did the weird. I don't love you. Flashback. Yeah. Like, like she was so convincing. Like when he's like, you know, having sex with her and she's just like lying there, like looking bored. And, and then when that whole, like, I don't love you where it's from his point of view and then he like cuts her throat like she sells the shit out of that she's a very good actress she's a really good actress yeah so um like again like i obviously i don't like any of the things that happened in the scene but i thought it was uh a pretty well done scene for what it was okay so the best for me was when they time traveled and they realized they time traveled because of the airplane i mean that was a relief for sure that was a relief and the worst for me was the Alan Christie stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. and You hated it when we were watching it. I hate it. Too. And like the fact that you just described her as like lying in bed bored, like she was getting raped. So she was disassociating no. from her body. No, but yeah. And the, but like, that's what I mean. Like she played the disassociation. Like it was, I don't know. I just felt like. Yeah. It's she, very, it's a disturbing scene. Absolutely. So I didn't like any of that cold open as you call it. Okay. What was the worst scene for you? Oh, the f- fucking long ass goodbye at the rocks that was beautiful it was whatever it was too long it was just like there was and a now lot i say diff- sad goodbye to you and now i say sad goodbye to you and now i say sad goodbye to you <laughs> oh did i forget you roger mack now i'll say goodbye like it's like ever it's like it was too real it's like it was one of those situations where it was like the awkward thing at the door when people don't know when to go home like it was it was it's over it's over guys like just we don't need it now I'm picturing your face all the times when you've been standing there You know, I, you've seen me do it. it's time for people to leave. And they won't go. You get go. this, like, pain oh, look on your face. It hurts face. Me like, so much. It's so awkward. You just look at them like, why are you now, doing this? It's time to go. And that was this. That was the TV version of that scenario that I hate so much in real life. Yeah, so... Oh my gosh, that's the episode. It's time to go. It's time for us to go. So yeah, we've we've stayed too long. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, talk to you next week, everyone. Have a good week. See you later. Talk goodbye.